0: The numbers can go, yeah. All right, we are back. Welcome to the first edition of Chronicles on the Fly for quite a while. I'm Simon and this is Mel. Mel, how are you? Good, yourself.
1: How are you? Yeah, good. It's been a while. Where have we been? It has, it's a busiest time of year for myself personally. So, being a bit preoccupied with my main source of income.
0: Yeah, it's been a few months since we uh, did a podcast, but uh. I thought we should do one for the uh 20th anniversary of the most infamous terror attack ever to take place in the world, September 11. Yes. We did do a previous probably a couple podcasts talking about it
1: uh last year I think. All the conspiracy theories, yeah.
0: We went over all those conspiracy theories and then we did the the one the following week which was supposed to debunk all those uh, conspiracy theories and that one we didn't actually get recorded because i messed it up But <laughs> we record but yes it is the anniversary of the 20th anniversary so it's a big one september 11th so yeah media coverage all over the place
1: yes uh, even more significant since they have actually withdrawn from afghanistan So,
0: but before we get into that now let's uh fill in our loyal listeners about what we've been up to with starting our new business venture
1: Yes. You've really been driving it, so kudos to you. You've been doing well. Okay. Well, the three of us
0: have started a podcast production company. Uh, It is called Media Chronicles, keeping with the Chronicles brand. And uh, we're now producing a, I suppose you could call it an international podcast. Uh, And I don't mean this one, but we've created a new podcast with two... Uh, I suppose you could say very famous and world-renowned UK-based football analysts,
1: pundits, journalists. Commentators.
0: Commentators, yeah, who have been on a number of other podcasts uh, and still are. And how did we get involved with this? Well, one of them put the call out on Twitter a little while ago, saying that the podcast that we're previously doing has uh, kind of been ceased by, well, of all outlets, by ESPN. So ESPN no longer had the, no longer have the rights for uh, broadcasting the Italian Serie A league in, uh, I suppose the UK and uh, and America. I think so. They were no longer producing the uh, the podcast. So I got in touch and said, "Well, how about we do it?" And we had we've had a few meetings and we've recorded our first uh, preview episode just uh, the other day. Um, And those commentators are Nikki Bandini and Mina Rizuki. So yes, it's called Syria Chronicles, again, keeping with the Chronicles brand. So yeah, hopefully this takes off and um, yeah, I'm I'm the producer of it uh, and they are the two co-hosts and yeah, so I, I work together with them. To produce the podcast, obviously they they do the the hosting, and uh, I record and edit, and we do the social media and to promote. And yeah, the idea is to monetize the podcast get by getting advertisers on board. So yes, go and find that podcast and subscribe at SyriaChronicles chronicles.com
1: That's good. exciting ventures, exciting exciting times.
0: It, it is it is exciting because they're they're two um, I suppose the two journals that. I've followed for a long time, and, and in our, you know, and the the chronicles theme or brand comes from our original WhatsApp group with the, uh, you know, our bunch of mates talking about soccer. The WhatsApp group was called Culture Chronicles, talking about Italian soccer mainly, uh, among other, you know, jokes and memes and as things as you do on on WhatsApp. Uh, now Signal, due to the privacy issues, we jumped over to Signal. But yeah, um, but we went with instead of calling it Culture Chronicles like the uh, like the group, uh, we decided on Serie A Chronicles because that's I suppose more of a, a known term in the English speaking world and more searchable and you know more more chance of being found. Yeah. If someone's searching for you know an Italian football related podcast, they would type in Serie A, you know, or Italian football rather than typing in culture. But yes, so that's underway. Uh, we record on <clears throat> Monday nights. They are obviously London based. We record on Monday night Perth time, uh, which is Monday afternoon in the UK. I spend Tuesday uh, Tuesday morning doing the edits and then publish that into the feeds, ready for uh, around seven am UK time. And the idea is to, you know, get people on their commutes to work because uh, it's you know mainly directed at at that. Uh, geographic location. It's all exciting that's stuff.
1: I'm great timing, especially doing it on a Monday. So all the games uh, should have been completed for the week. So while they're fresh. Well,
0: that's the idea, you know. Do it, do it. You know, on the Monday. Yeah, like you said, the round's complete. Most, you I know, mean, a lot of weeks will be. It'll be be between the um, the Serie rounds, and then maybe if there's a midweek Champions League and Europa League and that kind of thing. So kind of previewing the Italian teams that are taking part in that. Also talking about the Italian national team.
1: Their last one was pretty good victory. So it was a five 0 that one.
0: Becoming the longest running the longest unbeaten run in international football history now. Is it thirty six or thirty seven games, something like that? Unbeaten. Yeah. Which is pretty good considering they're pretty average. <laughs> <laughs> pretty average team to be actually uh European champions. Incredible. But Strange things happen.
1: It does. It does.
0: And speaking of strange things, let's get on to talking about the 20-year anniversary
1: of the September 11 attacks. Yes, and it's just how – well, it's just the timing of it with the withdrawal from Afghanistan, I think is um, – is, well, I think Joe Biden personally did not handle the uh, evacuation from – well. The, the withdrawal from Afghanistan too well, and just a time in with the twentieth anniversary for September 11th, We all know what happened in uh, thirteen. U.S. soldiers lost their lives. It's quite sad. So, but it's I think it's more symbolic because they were trying to achieve was a symbolic withdrawal to say look it's done, mission accomplished. But it didn't turn out too well. <laughs> mission
0: accomplished. Don't say that. I think you know the the announcement at the beginning of this year or whenever it was that you know they were going to pull out by september 11
1: was very um tacky yeah it wasn't it wasn't well planned obviously we know that now but it was yeah it was more of symbolicism it
0: was more of symbolic. very very tacky to do that you know because they just wanted the uh to get the props you know mm. By doing it by September eleven or using that symbolic date to get a pat on the back for themselves, yeah. I think. but um, yeah. you know, as we've seen in the last few weeks, they've absolutely royally stuffed it up. Um, and well. it seems you know what it, it seems so logical that you would all right, you're going to you're going to withdraw, but you would do it in a a not chaotic way, do it in an organized fashion. Right, you don't leave behind billions and billions of dollars worth of armory and machinery and helicopters and vehicles for these guys to just come and swoop in. Obviously, the Afghani army and police force were not prepared whatsoever to absolutely not control prepared. everything themselves. How they misjudge that is it's just beggars' belief.
1: It does, it's just. I mean, I've been watching it pretty closely on YouTube. Just my wife goes to me, "Oh, why are you so watching it for?" I said, "Because it's very significant in, in world history. What happened there? You know, this withdrawal was one big, big stuff up, and it could have further repercussions down the line." I mean, they spent twenty years, two trillion dollars to get rid of to get rid of the Taliban, and in three days, the Taliban's back. Ridiculous.
0: And in a much stronger position than they've ever had Absolutely. because of all the weaponry they now have.
1: Yep. Military, they're going to, they have, I think they had more Blackhawks than, now they have more Blackhawks than uh, like 85% of the world's armies. So it was a ridiculous statistic. I was like, oh my God.
0: It's pure insanity. Like, how they could, and the generals trying to, trying to make excuses for it as well. While well, we could not see this coming. We didn't foresee. Every, any idiot on the street foresaw it because people have been saying it for months. Mm-hmm. that this would happen if they withdrew too
1: fast. it's just defies logic. The withdrawal is not the problem, okay? Just when you do the withdrawal, number one, you had an airbase, that Bagram airbase with two runways, fortified airbase. They let that one go in the hands of the Taliban to focus on the other airport. I was like, what kind of advice do were you, you generals providing? What kind of intel did you have? Why would you do that? And then the last people to leave should be the military. Yeah, what happened?
0: And how many Marines? people they have left behind, stranded, people, people have been massacred from before they left. You know, yeah, incredible, incredible, absolutely incredible. And if you ask me, you don't have to even ask me; it's just obvious. Biden has blood on his hands for this.
1: Oh, absolutely! Oh, All I, these I
0: deaths so. that have been directly caused because of this absolute stuff-up is on his hands, and there should be some consequences for him, but there won't be.
1: No, there won't be. Did you see the latest report was, you know, the drone strike that the, uh, Biden authorized? Just read about this today. Yep. It was an Afghan USAID loading water into his car. was It wasn't, wasn't bombed. And his family. And his family. So they've wiped them out because...
0: Biden gave full ability to the military to to do drone strikes as they, however they wanted. They didn't have to get you know presidential sign off. Just said you do what you got to do, and they would they've done it and stuffed it up completely. and stuff like this the the blowback the blowback that that can have. Yep, absolutely. That's you know? I, I th- they're just breeding more terrorism, and it's just all seems like it's on purpose. And I do know that that's a conspiratorial type of thing to say, but how is it not? How can someone with, any, with half a brain do this? Mm. You know what I mean? Unless it's by design. And it's probably not. It's probably just pure incompetence, but it looks like it's on purpose. That's I how, that's how bad, bad it is.
1: I think it's pure incompetence. That's all I
0: believe. Yeah. You know? that's, that's pure incompetence being... to the point that it looks like it's by design. That's how criminally – Insane it is,
1: I don't know. Yeah, it just it just weakened the US's um, stature across the world as being leaders. You know,
0: oh it's it's a perfect, um, em, it's emblematic of the fall of of the American empire, I suppose you could call it.
1: Especially that scene of Biden when he puts his head in his hands when he was taking questions. I thought, oh God, you're the leader of the free of the free world. You should have. He's no leader, mate. He's just a puppet. He's just a puppet.
0: I wonder if it's him making the decision to pull out the way they did. I don't know. It's all very strange. And and the the uproar about Trump for the you know previous four years, uh, you know, like he was so bad, so bad for his nasty tweets and nasty things that he that he would say and his you know his non presidential manner and, and his bullshit that he would carry on with, but. Compare that to yeah. this.
1: What's worse? Well, I don't think Trump would have left in the way. Yeah, his own ego wouldn't let Trump him. Trump did the deal with the Taliban, right? But he
0: has said multiple times that he was gonna do it in a proper organized fashion. Now, would there have been some chaos that would have, you know, been involved if Trump was the president during the the withdrawal? Probably. There probably would have been some kind of stuff up. Yeah. But I just can't see that it would have been like this.
1: I, I can't see his own, like I'm saying, his own ego letting him do this. He's he's just very, was a very egotistical man, so he wouldn't have let wouldn't let this happen. And could you imagine the backlash he would have copped? <laughs> Looking at his watch while the 13 13 servicemen come off the plane, I was like, oh my god. Biden still
0: tries to blame Trump every chance he gets. Oh, the previous administration did a deal, blah blah blah. All right, but. You are the president now. You can do whatever you want with that deal because as soon as he got in, five minutes as as president, five minutes later, he signed twenty or so executive orders were. to roll back, you know, things that Trump did. Mm. But this one, no, we had to go along and do it. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like it's all all on purpose. Yes, for what for what ends? God only knows.
1: Well, you know what I, I mean? I don't think Who it
0: could, could benefit? But to withdraw like this, I, I, it's just unfathomable.
1: I just think it's sheer incompetence. That's what I think. So if I had to put my money on it, that's what I think. I think it's just incompetence. They're led by generals that are too focused on stuff that they shouldn't, shouldn't be worried about. Like General Milley's comment, I'm worried about white rage, two months before that this happened. I'm like, that's your job. Your job is to work out Afghanistan and you're worried about white rage. I mean, like, come on, man. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, you know, all this wokeness has crept into the military where there should be just no concern. Yeah. Security and, and being a a strong force is all that should matter for the military. But yeah. it's um just a sign of a, a culture that is too privileged and
1: has it too good. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It's uh It's Afghanistan. Then the sad part is I was looking at 20 years of progress that they've made in Afghanistan for, for the young women, for people in general, it's all gone down the toilet. I mean, most people have never, a lot of young people have never experienced living under the Taliban. So some of the pundits were saying, oh, but they've just gone back to what they knew before. I said, man, there's people, that, 20, that was 20 years ago. Imagine you could lived your life semi sort of normal. Look at these poor women, never had to wear burqas. Now they've got to go put the burqas back on and – Oh, I think they've just gone backwards. It's insane. You know, imagine being a 10,
0: 11 year old school kid. All you've known is going to school, and, you know, you might be hopefully living in an area where, where things have been, you know, okay in the country, yeah. just living a normal kid's life. And all of a sudden, you can't go to school anymore, you know, because, just because you're a female. Can't go to university anymore and, you know, getting ready to, to become medical professionals and things like that. And that's all gone.
1: And the other one. Was quite funny was that if the United Nations actually recognise Afghanistan as a, uh, uh, the United Nations rec- uh, recognise the Taliban as the leaders of Afghanistan, they will go back to Afghanistan. Will have the seat on the women's on the United Nations Women's Council. Can you believe it? Like, <laughs> that's, that's insane. It's absolutely insane.
0: But what led to all that? The day the world changed. It did. September eleven. Can I just say? about September 11, a few things that, I don't know, I was just thinking about it this morning, a few things that, that popped into my head about the, firstly, like the, the cultural impact, right? One is a very minor one. This is a, this is a very minor thing. But the fact that we, that we all call it 9-11, you know, this thing happened in America. So the whole world adop- has adopted the, the American date format, <laughs> you know I mean, I know it's a silly thing, and it's probably, um, uh, you know, not that relevant. But instead of being eleven nine, like you know, we would we would normally do it. It's it's an,
1: the event is nine eleven. It's actually got a better ring, but nine eleven to be honest than eleven
0: nine. And it also, um, you know, because the the emergency phone number in, in America is nine one one. I mean, what's the chances of that? <sighs>
1: One in 365. <laughs> yeah, very good. One in 365, that's all they can uh, – that's all they depict just one day.
0: And I've been, uh, I've been listening, you know, to you know, podcasts and, um, you know, watching documentaries and that kind of stuff. I've got, I've got to tell you, like I've been not obsessed but
1: – Intrigued.
0: September 11 has always interested me like because it's such an unbelievable event. For the last 20 years, I've just been wrapped in reading about it, watching documentaries. Always, I always have been that way, right? Especially in the last couple months, you know, now that you know media coverage has been building up to this 20th anniversary. So I've been watching heaps of documentaries about, you know, George Bush's presidency and all that kind of stuff. Mainly, um, you know, stuff that we wouldn't have access to normally here. I, just, I pretty much, you know, pull it off the internet, you know, American programs and stuff yeah. like that from PBS and all this kind of stuff. I find it very interesting, all the stuff about 9-11 leading up to it and, and all of that. But I find that all this commemoration stuff, these, you know, podcasts, radio shows, it always starts out with the same the same question, right? You know, if there's a host and a
1: guest, for example, it's always like, oh, where were you? Where on, were you? Right? I, I was playing cards. Annoying. I remember that. Yeah, but I remember. I think it was just significant. But I, I
0: find that. Annoying that that's the first thing that people go to, right? Mm. Why do why do people do this? And and this is about any event in you know, any major event in history, mm. like JFK, right? When JFK was assassinated. Same thing. Whenever people talk about it, where were you? Who gives a rat's ass about where Joe blogs on the street? Was yeah, unless you were actually in New York? Yeah, no,
1: no. I think the
0: only about- the only time that matters is if is if you know that the person was actually there. But at ten o'clock at night, wherever it was, here I was sitting on my on my computer, or you were sitting on on your couch. Whatever. I was playing
1: cards. I was playing cards. Okay.
0: It it's it's such it's so irrelevant to the conversation. It, it. I
1: don't. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think it's just it was such a significant. Yes, I get oh, that. Man. But
0: my point is, why do people always start? Because with, I, I think, with why, you know, normal, where were you?
1: Just, it was just a normal day. I think that's what happened. We were just doing normal things. And, and it was almost surreal that you're watching it on live TV and you're seeing a plane flying into a building. It's a it's a significant. And my
0: point about the where are you or where were you when yeah. question is that it adds nothing to the event or the magnitude or the significance of it. Right? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just that you know we find it hard to fathom that we can be well, you know like going about our ordinary lives and and that yeah. can be so well, ma- so dramatically interrupted by a you know like a major world absolutely. event.
1: Look That's at right. George Bush; he was reading a story to a bunch of kids. In yeah. A, in, yeah. In a, in a,
0: and we and we want to you know maybe check. With you know, with others that their ordinary life was just as interrupted as a, as ours, or something that's probably where it comes from, right? I, I, just I to, I suppose, so that you feel like a sense of comfort about it that you know, you were doing something just as ordinary as as, as the next person. And I don't
1: know, I just remember but, but a, it just
0: doesn't interest me for some reason, yeah. it's just not how my mind works in, in that situation. It was,
1: I just remember just having a feeling of weirdness just at that time. You're like, what, what, what actually happened? That's yes, like, what do you mean? I
0: did sit up until probably about one or two o'clock in the morning yes, just man. watching the, the coverage. Yeah. And I remember there was, a, there was a soccer, there was a Champions League round like that the next morning. So it happened like eight o'clock. Yeah, it was about eight o'clock our time, wasn't it, in Perth? Mm, yeah.
1: Oh, it's, uh, yeah. It was eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. And then well, 3
0: a.m., 3 a.m., I think uh, Roma was playing Real Madrid. And I was going to get up to watch that. But because I'd stayed up so late, I I, I didn't obviously get up and do that. Um, so there's my where were you when. Mm.
1: I was just playing cards with um, one of my friends and his late father. So we used to play a little briskler for those out there who know.
0: The other thing that pops into my mind is that – what was it? Was it 19 terrorists? Oh. I, think, I think that's the number. 19 that, 19
2: 15 that 15,
0: boarded 15. the planes, right? Yeah. The fact that those – not whatever it is, nineteen or twenty guys, or terrorists, did what they did, and in the in the immediate moment that they did it, and and you know, the day of, the day after, and the twenty years that's ever been since, those nineteen guys would have no idea, no clue, of what they caused. You know what I mean?
1: Well, the name Muhammad Atta will always be remembered. That that right. guy had yeah, that in his face there. Yeah.
0: Yes, but what I mean is,
1: you know what I mean that
0: every everyone else has been left to you know to I suppose deal with. Not that we really have much anything to deal with, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The world the world was turned upside down more or yeah. less. Yeah. But these nineteen guys, absolutely <laughs> clueless to the fact, because of the simple fact that they know they immediately no longer existed either in real life or in or in any version of any afterlife you would think of. That's it. In a, in a flash, they just no longer existed. But what was left behind was the biggest upheaval in world history, possibly, you know, bar the world wars, I suppose. Yeah, but – You know?
1: Yeah, it's true. Like, it's, it's funny so say that. A That's little, a, that
0: that is, a, is an amazing concept to me. I'd I don't know whether bit, that, that has any kind of meaning
1: or significance, yeah, you I'd, know what I mean? The but, concept of – sorry, just off topic, but I know what you're saying. Gravillo – Princip. you ever heard of that guy? Say his name again. Gravilo Princip. Princip. He's a Bosnian guy who shot Archduke Ferdinand. Who Oh, he's the-,
0: the one who shot. Okay. <laughs> look!
1: Look! At, look at the. You think directly and indirectly what that guy had actually caused?
0: <laughs> yeah, I have. I have just read or that heard that one, that, think- that wasn't. Uh, as significant was,
1: as yeah, as was, okay. kind of you know you 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 learn it about the, in school. It was it was a tipping point of, of of what happened, right? That was the catalyst, right? Now because of that, World War One started. World War Two started because of World War One, <laughs> and then and then you go okay. Now Afghanistan started because of what the Russians it was the original Russian invasion, and then back in the 80s.
0: I was I watched something in one of these ahead. documentaries the other day, go back a bit further than the Russian invasion of Afghanistan. Was that America goaded Russia into doing that invasion of of Afghanistan? So you could take things back right, more steps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why why they did, I don't know, something something to do with the Cold War and, you know, I'm not going to go into yeah. you know, I just can't remember everything that that I watched about it. The, domino, the dominoes fall. Oh, How it? far back do you go to work out which, the, which was the first domino?
1: Well, that was a pretty big domino, I think, one uh, Gravillo there. Grevillo.
0: Yes, but, but even with that, right, shooting Archduke Ferdinand to begin World War I, no doubt there were dominoes that fell before leading up. Yeah. There was tension between Germany and oh, Yugoslavia, I think, at the time or whatever it was. Or Bosnia, yeah. yeah. Or does Yeah. yeah. So what were the, you know, dominoes that were falling, you know, with this tension between the, the countries back then? Uh, there'd
1: been tension in, in, in Europe from the late 1890s there. There'd been tension for years. There'd been a war brewing. Yeah, but but again, I think that was the crux of that guy shooting the Archduke was, was integral Well, that part. was, that was it. the, la- the, the, war, the, the straw, last straw
0: that broke the camel's back, right? Probably.
1: Now you look how many people died in World War I, look how many people died in World War II. Look at the outcome of World War II, what happened. You know, had a divided Germany, the start of the Cold War, the rise of communism, and how many people died under, <laughs> under their systems, or you can also say China rise from the end of World War II because they had their own war.
0: Okay, so you know things that lead up. So leading up to September 11, they knew, they knew that something was coming. Well, they had been bombed in 93. They blew the basement, remember? They tried it in 93. The USS Cole. The USS Cole, right? This was all Al-Qaeda, right? Mm. This was all Osama bin Laden. Yep. The embassies in a couple of African countries that were bombing US embassies. So they knew it was coming. They were planning. And there was a report that that Bush had been given saying uh, an attack is imminent. Osama Bin Laden, right? So they knew as soon as something happened that it was Osama Bin Laden, Mm. right? Now, there's all the conspiracy shit that, you know, the the US government was in on it and blah, blah, blah. You know what? Watch all the footage of George Bush and all his staff at that school on that day. Mate, they were lost. They were bewildered. If the government was in on it, forget it. No chance, all right? Again, just like Biden now, it was just pure incompetence, Mm. Okay. I used to be I used to think oh you know that's an inside job it's an inside job no no it was coming for years right and they were they took their eye off the ball big time big time oh yeah but in you look at it also from the terrorist perspective or al qaeda or bin laden or you know if you were going to plan that it went better than they planned
1: oh 100%
0: because all right. They planned to fly these planes into um, into the buildings. They didn't. I bet they didn't even expect or think that those buildings could fall. I bet no. that wasn't even in the in the plan. Right? They probably had no. That was just a added bonus for them. Yeah. The fact that those buildings crumbled. I used to think, I oh, it's a con- controlled demolition. I, used to, I used to, you know, and I used to always try to find things online, you know, about it, and it's only nut job shit that you find. Yeah. Same with the Building 7, right? The Building 7 is, looks more like a controlled demolition because it happened, you know, seven or eight hours later as well. But no, there's, there's, there's plenty of stuff that you can find to debunk the, the pseudoscience about, about them being a, a controlled demolition. So I no, I no longer go along with that crap. But again, just a, an absolute perfect terrorist hit job. And there, there's never been one and will never be one again. Well,
1: we hope there'll never be one.
0: Yeah. That, on that magnitude. Yeah. That will be, I'm sure, you know, eventually there will be something again, but there will never be something on that magnitude. Because what, what could what could there be? Hit the White House, maybe?
1: Oh, it depends. We don't know. Yeah, who knows? But like, I was thinking about it the other day pre 9 11 travel. I mean, I only went on a couple of times on a plane pre 9 11. I don't really remember going – because I'm so used to going through all the body scanners and all that sort of stuff. I've forgotten what it was. I'm like, man, I don't think I had to do that to go through.
0: But this is what I mean about those – going back to what I said, those 19 <laughs> terrorists, no clue what they've caused, right? <laughs> so look at everything. The world basically exists, you know, in the modern age, exists from pre-9, pre-911 to, to post-911, right? That's the dividing point. Because for the Western world, yeah. For the Western world, yes. Right? Because, you know, since then, what happened? Everything was, I don't know, everything seems pretty normal because we were, we were 20 years old. So we we're kids before it, we we're adults after it. This is pretty much a, you know, it's the halfway point of our life,
1: you could say. Yeah, we're 21, yeah, 21, yeah. 22, 22. 40
0: now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the event of the halfway point of our life. It's, it's, it's our current midlife crisis, yeah. you could say. Right? But- you know before before then, everything seems pretty normal. And as soon as it happened, you'd got ramp up of surveillance, right privacy very quickly and gradually since you know taken away the war on Bu- terror bureaucracy uh,
1: you can add the word bureaucracy on everything's gone mad,
0: yep since then, war on terror, suicide bombings, um You know, surveillance against your own citizens that, you know, began with America. Now we're seeing it here big time and, you know, all around the world. Protests about everything, left, right, and center. Wokeness, that concept of, you know, everybody being offended about everything. Uh, Political correctness. Um, Citizens just turning on each other. The left and the right of, um, you know, political persuasions, political parties, uh, probably spot, uh, more more so in America, but it's spread all over the world, mm. the the increasing division of, of the political um, spectrum, turning on each other and attacking each other and nobody meets in the middle. Nobody com- has any compromise. Like everything in the world is so divided and so much in upheaval in the past 20 years and gradually more as the 20 years have, have, have gone on than the previous 20 years like it's it's been unbelievable and that is the, the that is the turning point yeah and funnily enough to say turning point makes me there's a there's a five-part series on netflix at the moment called turning turning point that just jogged my memory go and watch that okay. it is really really excellent it's all about obviously september 11 and events pre and post that is a really good go and watch it on netflix I spent five nights watching that. I was just glued to it.
1: He, he gave the government. Now you look at just the price of insurance. How it affected us day in our lives with insurance policies? No, it's for terrorism anymore. Your insurance policy. All these little, just how it affected our lives it was massive, absolutely massive.
0: The world is just scared of each other. You know what I mean? and, and this COVID nineteen stuff is showing it as well. Oh, We're yeah. all scared of each other. Absolutely, yeah. fact, You know, this, the, the surveillance through airports and the ridiculousness of a lot of it, you can't bring a water bottle. A lot of times you can't bring a water bottle on board with you even if you haven't opened the seal. Yeah, you can't bring a coffee in, on board. All this kind of just, just nonsensical stuff. I don't know. All this stuff about liquids, it's all, all that stuff is born from this – Um, September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks, and nothing of that had anything to do with liquids. All they had was box cutters. Mm -hmm. But we've gone, you can't bring liquids on board. You've got to have, you know, under a certain amount of your shampoo in your overnight bag and all this, all that bullshit, all that irrelevant bullshit. They just thought of clamping down on every little thing they could possibly think of and us little ants just all comply, comply, comply.
1: Yeah, you're not allowed to. Bring, you weren't allowed to bring and complain lighter. on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you to, I remember you weren't allowed to bring a lighter on a plane. You're not allowed to bring a lighter on a plane. If you're smoking, you're not allowed to bring a lighter.
0: I can maybe go along with not, you know, not bringing on a lighter because, say a what big, if someone wants to set a fire?
1: I don't know. It's a big lighter. You know what I mean?
0: I know, but fire is fire. Okay, you know, an airplane, you know, forty thousand feet in the air is not a place where you wanna you want one. But a drink bottle. I couldn't bring on a Coke bottle. I remember come on 2012 on a flight on some Eastern, I think it was Latvia, I had a changeover. I had to land in the airport in Latvia and, and get on another flight back to, back to Poland. And I had an unopened Coke bottle, plastic Coke bottle. Now it's Coke, right? So it wasn't water. So maybe the, you could see what it was Coke. You know, I, had to, I had to hand over my unopened Coke bottle, you know, 300 mil plastic bottle. I was spewing, I was thirsty. But, you know, just absolute nonsense. We're all just scared of each other. Close the borders. Close the borders because, you know, Western Australians can't look after a a Victorian. You know, if they come over and they get COVID and, you know, we've got to sort them out. No, because we might be all Australians, but we're divided. You know, all this kind of stuff. And it's all of this pandemic stuff is born from what happened after September 11th in a you know, maybe drawing a bit of a long bow, but the bow's there.
1: Mm. Yes,
0: That's well, the way I see the world.
1: We haven't had a good leader since, <laughs> for a long time.
0: We haven't had a good leader.
1: A good leader. We have had a good leader.
0: I thought John Howard was. Uh,
1: yeah, he was all right. I wouldn't say he was. A,
0: At least relatively to what we've had since John Howard. Economically. Then there's no, then there's no question.
1: But even, okay, even
0: John Howard's leadership in regards to national and international events, okay? The first one being just after he was elected Port Arthur. Now, obviously, you didn't like what he did with the guns. Yes, I did. Okay. Know. But there's also the argument to say that nothing like that has happened since when he nothing did the gun before. buyback.
1: Oh, they did have a terrorist. They did have a – there was one. There was a Sydney shooting there. There was a Sydney shooting. No? You know, he had the – oh bet you had the Melbourne gangland wars. They all went on. They all got shot. So did he really stop it? <laughs> If you're a bad person, you're going to get a gun, whether you like it or not. Yes,
0: yes, I know. But hey, would you rather That's be? It. Would you rather be Australia in relation to gun laws or America in relation to gun laws?
1: I think you just, I think you need a happy balance. You've been to America.
0: Was yeah. were gun shootings on your mind at any point of your trips?
1: No, to America, never. No, I'll be honest. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I reckon I would.
0: And it may maybe it's just like going to you know. Going for a swim in the ocean here and getting eaten by a shark—maybe there's the same chances, or even less. But I mean, you know what I mean? That's, that's their the version of you know, shark.
1: If you look, you go to where the touristy sections are. You're not going to—they're not going to pull out gun violence there. Usually, you, you find that with generally gun violence is in the lower socio-economic, the rundown, the criminal, the you know, the bad parts. It's like anything.
0: Anyway, we're going on tangents there. Um, yeah, but I thought John Howard was was handled the 9-11 situation well, the, considering he was there when it happened.
1: And he handled the situation of the Bali bombing not too bad, if I do recall. That he did. That was a pretty big terrorist situation. Like, you know, politicians, a lot of them do step
0: up when this stuff happens. I, don't, I think none of them have, have shone for this pandemic stuff, probably probably anywhere in the world, yeah. you know, at least, at least in Australia and in America. And even and even Britain, I don't think any politician has, sh- has, has...
1: Well, from what we're exposed to, the media exposed us to. I don't think... We're not exposed to what happens in Sweden or Switzerland or...
0: Yep. Any no. other thoughts on uh, the 20 years since September 11?
1: No, it's just... Uh, sometimes I think, what well, what's the next one? <laughs> what are they going to do next? Could be a cyber terrorist attack, On
0: so. Well, it seems to me that's where everything's going. And then... And basically, you know, war with China is, is what keeps, you know, the drums are beating for that, you know, through, through media all the time. How realistic that actually is, I don't know.
1: I don't think it's too realistic personally, but that's just my opinion. China needs Australia, just Australia needs China. They both need – remember, China's a net importer of over a country overall.
0: They're a net importer from Australia?
1: No, from, from anywhere in the world. Like then they're, they're a net import. They import more than they export.
0: China a, a massive, has a massive military, so they've got a lot of lot of might, a lot of power. Yeah.
2: yeah,
0: So it seems. You know, how scared do you reckon the world should be of of the Chinese military intimidation that they they do in the South um, South China Sea, for example? And obviously, they want to. A lot of people saying, you know, experts even are saying that you know, in the next two years, they'll they'll walk through ta- uh, Taiwan, uh, and and take them over fully. And a lot of that is because they don't feel any threat from from the United States now because the, the, you know, the United States is toothless.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, could be. I mean, I don't think it's in China's best interest to upset the rest of the world. That's just my opinion. I think they're an importer. So what are you going to do? Piss off everyone so no one deals with you?
0: I mean, look, even in World War II, British and American companies were dealing with the Nazis still.
1: Yeah, but it'd be a bit different than then. You didn't have the social media aspect as the like
0: I mean you could you absolutely. could hide it easier easier back then you because you didn't have a media spotlight on it and a social media spotlight on it. Yes, I agree.
1: Yeah. Could you imagine if, if an American company was still supplying like could you imagine if BHP, the big Australian, was supplying the Chinese if you're at war with them? <laughs> could you imagine? I don't think it's a wise decision for anyone to go to war, especially those the, the, some with the with the of the Chinese. You're right because there's
0: too much economics and um, you know trade involved in. You um,
1: so know the, the Chinese. There's 1.4 billion of them, right? They got to eat. They have to eat. They need food. They're an importer of food. So if they're at war with someone, how are you gonna get the food in?
0: Another argument about why um, USA has pulled out of Afghanistan is because they want to focus more on um, on. Focus more on China and, and what China's doing in, in South China Sea and all that kind of stuff.
1: I don't know. I didn't buy that one. Not from Biden. So.
0: I mean, they've got military bases. This is the USA. Military bases, they've got over 100 or something all over the world. They've still got, they've still got troops in um, Germany, South Korea, you know, all these places. Japan. Japan.
1: Japan. So they got rid of the ones that were in – they used to have them in the Philippines but they got rid of them. Duterte got rid of him. They didn't want him. Italy as well. Italy, yeah. That, that's part of NATO.
0: Two thousand, having two thousand or three thousand of them stationed in Afghanistan to keep that place, you know, from falling apart. That was too much because
1: that's all there were militarily. Well, they got. They still got them in Kuwait. They got them in. Have they got them in Saudi Arabia still? Do you see what I mean? Why? Why it's not
0: far fetched to think that it was all, all by design.
1: I think there was just a publicity stunt going wrong. I mean, oh, look, we're doing this, we're doing that, just to make the the feel good. But executed with pure incompetence, that's
0: all. Yeah, the sacrifice of human life, the everyday Afghani citizen, there is just no security
1: whatsoever. The, I think the Tallinn image, you know, there's always those images like from September 11. It was that guy falling out of the building no, when he jumped out of the building, the I think the band. guy falling off the plane is going to be the other significant image of the whole Taliban taking over the off, 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 off an American C one seventeen or whatever C one seven or whatever it is the plane falling off,
0: and the one you know on during the flight dangling out of the um oh, yeah,
1: the out of the, out the cargo board. area or the or the um, the wheel compartment whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And the other one that's going to be significant, which was a big slap in the face to the United States, was when they copied the photo of the of the uh, Iwo Jima when they, the US put the flag up in Iwo Jima in Japan. Who copied that photo? The Taliban. They did, a, did, they they did just, it Yeah, yeah, they did. A, they copied a photo of the Taliban soldiers putting up the Taliban flag. It's almost about what? And there's like four or five pushing. Four of them pushing up a flag. flag, wearing US Army greens. <laughs> US Usami uniform yeah the helmet everything I'm like oh that's a pretty have you seen that? Yeah
0: well I've seen the is it is it Iwo Jima? The, yeah the that, that famous apparently photo apparently that it's photo image. was just like it wasn't staged it was it was just a coincidence thing
1: yeah there's one and and that's become
0: an icon, iconic image the fact that the Taliban even know of that is is surprising to me well
1: unless they happen to take a photo look, have a look at it it's pretty close to like oh my god i bet that
0: they did it as a piss take um just the fact that they that they know about that you know that it's got a cultural significance you could say it's an iconic image the fact that these guys you know cave dwellers know know about that is just
1: yeah (laughs) and the other thing i find uh, uh, is that uh, the taliban has a twitter feed i'm like (laughs) what how is that possible to have a twitter feed and I had this. Oh, my brother reckons. Oh, maybe they want my brother. My brother reckons they might want it for you know. Maybe they want it for some strategic purpose. I'm like, surely, the US has a better way to get strategic information from someone than Twitter. Yeah, you think Jack would just cut them off? No, you can't do that. Anyway, on different news, I had my second on oh, my first jab the other day.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. How'd you go? Uh
1: yes, I had AstraZeneca now before everyone goes oh what's the matter with you what you got astrazeneca let you know blood clots this and that I like, number no one did have to wait number two it's a viral vector sort of vaccine which i think from what i understand is don't quote me could be wrong it's more the old school sort of vaccine system where they give you the vaccine so your body creates its own immunity against it from what i understand compared to the mrna technology don't quote me i'm not a specialist and but that's from what i could understand and I was speaking, uh, I was speaking to a few people, and the long term results, uh, long term, you don't need a booster shot at this stage for, for AZ compared to, with uh, Pfizer. So hang on,
0: do you, you still need two shots of it? you still right? need two shots, but still you need won't need shot. a third as a booster at this stage.
1: That's my, from my understanding, is that I don't need a third booster.
0: So I've had, I've had the two shots of the what do you call it? Of Pfizer, Pfizer. Am I going to
1: need a third? Well, that's what you could need a third. There, you might need a booster. Anyway, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, but I definitely – my arm was sore, which just happens with pretty much anything. Yeah, just for, for 24 hours, you know, a bit
0: of a sore arm. That's it.
1: I actually had I actually had um, a good headache, I'll be honest. I had a really big headache. I think I had a headache the first time for a little bit, but nothing mad.
0: You know, just popped pop the Panadol and I was fine. Yeah. The second time, I did not think I even had a Panadol. I was fine. Just, you know, the, and the arm soreness was less than the first time.
1: No, definitely, definitely the arm's on it, and, I got, and my nose is really stuffy, and my, just, my throat was a bit scratchy, but that's, that's gone away. That was only for three or four hours, but that's gone. But my nose has been blocked. I don't know why, don't ask me, but it has. But
0: still, uh, once there's uh, 80% people in WA vaccinated, they're still not going to open the borders. Our, no, still. Our fearless leader says.
1: one and only. The one who's kept us safe all along. He's not going to open the borders. So, full sorry for all those poor people that can't see their family at Christmas. But Actually, that's what he
0: thinks can come, can
1: come oh, and man, go. Oh, but that's, that's all, right. all right. Of course. That's all right. Has that in Queensland? Did you see that one? She's even worse. She let all the rugby players and their girlfriends go to come over. And, um, and wives. Yeah, and wives. And girlfriends. And, and girlfriends. And didn't let. Um, there was a young kid who was stranded for five weeks living with his. Oh, he went to go see his grandparents. I saw that. I thought, how's the store?
0: Between uh, – across the uh, New South Wales-Queensland border. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the only reason why they eventually relented on that and let the kid come back to the mother was because of the media pressure. Yeah. But not because of any, you know, logical reason or or any, you know, just compassionate reason.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, that, that's one thing This this whole – pandemic has caused the lack of humanity in humanizing
0: this is what i'm what i mean like when i made the link from you know september 11 events coming the way all the way filtering all the way through to this pandemic stuff that we are scared of each other because of this hyper security that's you know always that's this fear filtered Fear mongering, hyper security, surveillance, lack of privacy—all this kind of stuff—that's been gradually growing in the last twenty years. It leads to stuff like this: citizens cannot cross an imaginary border. Let's just call it what it is. It's not it like is. there's a wall or a fence. They cannot cross an imaginary border. A child to go back to its mother.
1: That's yeah. it's 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 insane. It's actually insane. You know. We're living in a police state. Absolutely.
0: Australia at the moment is a police state. It, it, it actually, actually is. is. It's not like a, a theory or – it actually it is.
1: is. It's absolutely a police state, 100%. 100%. 100% police state. And it's it's actually um, – it's sad. It's actually really, really, really sad that we've lost our humanity and our compassion. How many people haven't been able to see loved ones dying?
0: That – just yeah. what would you do? You know, we've yeah. been we've been lucky that we've been untouched by this, yeah. you know, relative to the rest of the world, and 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 also especially to the rest of the country. I mean, I
1: was reading a story on Twitter. I, know I don't I a...
0: don't congratulate or thank McGowan for any of that.
1: Absolutely nothing. He's just done his job, and even that he hasn't done it that good anyway. Everyone can say, oh, no, he's kept us safe. Well, what's the road to recovery? The fact that they've just given more or less blanket a
0: blanket no across the board to people for compassionate reasons to go to funerals and all that kind of stuff. Far out, man. That just uh, – that that I can never be
1: on board with. Absolutely. Look, I was reading a story on Twitter. They had a guy. He reckons his dad, his only child, his dad was here and his mum's in, in Sydney. No, his dad, sorry. He's in Sydney. And his dad was here. They had to do a Zoom phone call. That's how he said goodbye to his dad. To say goodbye. Imagine that. And he's from WA, mind you. You don't know? Yeah.
0: Well, if that was me and I couldn't get into I would be screaming the house down. I'd I'd probably get locked up because I don't think I'd handle talking. it well. I, no, I'd probably, tweet that I'd that's probably like go it. mental.
1: And I'd be saying to him, hang on a minute, if you're doing that, I'm not going to pay my, my – you're happy to take oh, – don't give me a well, while. I'll get, don't get me started on that. The, last saying, the compassion and all these people going, oh, yeah, but we need that because we don't need it. to safe because no one affects them. But when it affects them, then everything changes. Yeah, just, just,
0: the, the, just the concept that, you know, certain group of humans can have this rights or this control, this authoritarian control over other certain groups of, you know, civilians, humans, yeah. just because of a job you've got. I know, all right, you were elected to the job. Fine. I, I understand that. Yeah. But you weren't elected to do stuff like this. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That wasn't Absolutely. part of the deal. And 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 the rest of us are just expected to comply, you know. Yeah, and, and you uh, wonder why the world's you know in upheaval with all this this you know protest for everything left, right, and center.
1: Absolutely, hundred percent. It... You know,
0: the right to protest is is great, but it never achieves anything, does it?
1: Oh, especially in Victoria. Does it ever? You,
0: you, you... Give me give me a, give me an instance any time in the world when protest has achieved something.
1: I don't know. I don't know much about Gandhi, but everyone talks about him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know. Not in the, not in modern day, at least. No, yeah, not in modern day. You know, you could or, say or you know Rosa America's Parks, t- Rosa Parks, or something like that. You know, not sitting at the at the front of the bus, and you know during segregation in America, yeah. stuff like that. Okay, but not in modern time. Yeah, protest right. You know whether you agree with the protest or 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 not, or whether it's a good protest, a valid protest or not. Because let's be honest, some are not valid. Yeah. But nothing ever achieves anything that they want.
1: Well, the, what's her name? What's those, those protesters, uh, Extinction Rebellion? Oh, my God.
0: Protesters like Extinction, Extinction Rebellion actually have the opposite effect for what they want to achieve, all yeah. right, in my opinion. Like, surely that can't be a growing cause, can it?
1: No, I don't know. I don't
0: Whatever know. their but, cause but, or causes but, are
1: you don't know this this just-
0: all because all they do is piss people off they don't educate people is my mm. point i think if you're if you're a group uh, protest movement yeah. right T- veganism take veganism right you know you got that that girl going around you know putting blood on herself and disrupting people in louis vuitton stores and and kfc you know mm. and all this kind of stuff that girl from here yeah right do you think that she actually convinces anybody no she doesn't oh. actually. She just, you know, makes people rubberneck and, you know, want to watch the freak show. But she doesn't. He, she, she doesn't convince anybody to become vegan. No, I don't think she does. No. no, she sure, she surely does not. Right, and and all her kind do not. But if they did a campaign where they um, educated people, right, go around, hold, uh, hand out leaflets, that kind of thing, with information. And then people in their own time when they're not, don't, not being disturbed might look up the website that, they, that they've got on the fly or whatever, and educate themselves. But when you get in people's faces and annoy them, right, you're only making a spectacle of yourself because you're an attention seeker. It's a mental illness, if you ask me. I think it's, um, it's, a, it's a character deficiency, that these people that, that protest in, in that manner. 100% believe that. With people like that girl... I think there are underlying issues, underlying mental issues, personal issues that m- they manifest themselves in that in that way to mm. seek attention and, and I don't know without I don't want to sound like I'm a psychologist, but I just think that, that that's what it is.:
1: yeah fair enough huh? fair enough.
0: anyway we're going a bit deep there. <laughs>
1: But, uh, yeah, if you want to protest in Victoria or New South Wales, I mean, it costs you five grand, doesn't it? they fine you. And Victorian police are renowned for being a bit heavy-handed. Is
0: that, is that because you leave your five-kilometre, your allotted five-kilometre radius something that, or something? Or you're just not simply not permitted to protest? Because you've got to have the right, to, whether it works or not, you've still got to have the right to protest. Mm. But I think they're getting fines for going outside, you know, five-kilometre radius from their, from their uh, home,
1: their residence. How can he prove he's abode? <laughs> he could live under a tree. He could be homeless. Who? Anyone? Because oh, where do you live? I'm homeless. I just live under a tree. <laughs> That's my house.
0: See, Tony Abbott copped a five hundred dollar fine for not wearing a mask. Did he? Oh. Yeah, I, I saw it on on internet today. So he was surfing. Yeah. You know, recreational activity. He reckons he's allowed to do it, of course. Then he then he walked somewhere to get a coffee to a cafe, and I think he was with a friend, and and he. think he had his mask originally but he forgot to put it back on after his surf or something like that but the the reason why he copped the fine is because there was some bystander who took photos of him without the mask and reported him so now we're getting citizens i mean you know that's tall property syndrome too gone Mm -hmm. gone mental because he's the the xpm you know Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a target. Barnaby Joyce, I think, has has copped the fine for the same reason someone took a photo of him at a service station without his mask on. And these mask the, men, the, the Karens out there, mate, oh. the Karens of the world are out in force. What's what's the male version of a Karen called? Oh, there there was there was one that they came up with. I can't remember it now. Anyway,
1: yeah,
0: but also, I just don't think the masks really do much because you know yeah. your your breath still escapes it, right? And what goes with your breath, your breast, with your Breath is your, you know, vapor particles and that kind of thing. So I think it's all a nonsense. These masks.
1: Anyway, we've uh, we've we've hit a number of subjects there. Yes, interesting subjects. It's been uh, been quite a good discussion. It's maybe the, we made some sense. Maybe not. Who
0: knows?
1: <laughs> when going back to Stonehaven, you know, it's fascinating. Every time I watch it, there's always a new piece of footage. On what? I haven't seen it. I always see different footage. You know, I mean, today I saw one. I was actually watching it this morning, that the people were at the bottom of the World Trade Center when it was falling. Like They were they were taking, well, the second tower was Debris falling, falling on them? No, no. like they, they were right underneath and you could see, you hear just this massive crack, crack, crack and the building just fell oh, in. Oh, in the foyer? No, no. They were just out of it. They were just out of the foyer. They were just walking out of it. I was like, holy crap, man. I've never seen As that the
0: building fell. that they were just in yeah, began yeah. to fall, Yeah. Began to fall.
1: Yeah.
0: I haven't seen footage of that. Yes. I've, I've, I've seen footage where the firefighters are in the foyer of one of the buildings and the other one starts to fall and you can hear. The other thing that's haunting as well is footage of um, firefighters in the foyer and you hear these bangs, these real loud crashes. And what it is, is um, the people falling out of the building, really? landing on the ground Landing on roofs of other buildings and and that kind of thing outside of the building that they're in or that the firefighters are in. But you get really loud crashes.
1: Did you, um, could you, but in saying that, on the, you know, talk about technology and um, social media, could you imagine if that happened today, how much footage you'd have?
0: It's amazing how much footage there is of that and not
1: footage of it actually happening, happening. Mm. I remember that was a time when there wasn't there wasn't a mobile phone camera.
0: But but I think I always I always look at that and I think fair enough, there's footage of the second plane hitting the tower. The second tower. But the fact that there were already cameras on the first one, it's amazing that there were the yeah. the, the the building, the first building was being filmed already. I suppose it's New York. At the end of the day, there is going to be cameras out. Even in two in two thousand one, there would have been cameras out left, right, and centre. And there's the, there was that French film film say this again French film crew who captured it.
1: I did that. Okay,
0: happening as well. Yeah, there is. I actually downloaded that documentary um, just uh, just the other night. So there was this French film crew that were doing a filming a documentary about a, couple, a bunch of firefighters. Just, I don't know, general documentary about firefighters. And they were out on the street nearby and they captured a heap of, of footage as it happened, like the first, from the first one. And then I think, you know, like I mentioned, those firefighters in the foyer, I think it's from all their footage. So they actually did a 9-11 documentary out of all the footage that they captured that day.
1: Wow, that's pretty impressive. Very
0: I've got it. I've, I've got so many documentaries downloaded from uh, about 9/11. I just find them. Because it's such yes. a, you know, uh, such a um, an unbelievable event, like, you know, two of the tallest buildings in the world just fall on the same day. What, half an hour apart or something. No,
1: I've been to, yeah. It's amazing. I went just before the 10th anniversary when I was there. Yeah, it was just before the 10th anniversary. And it was uh had they very, built really very the new one? No, they'll they'll building it. They were building it at the time. And was the memorial so, they had all done? That, yeah, the yeah, the memorial was done. I went to the museum. Oh, you went to the museum. museum. Yeah. Well it was there, under there was there was a museum there something somewhere I don't know if it's the same one or they've changed it now. But yeah, it was it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So Oh the,
0: on really, on sixty really. minutes. Um on sixty minutes, I think it was last week. I did a story about a guy who was in the building when it crumbled in one of the buildings when it crumbled and he survived. He was on the 22nd floor in the stairwell at the time. And he kind of like, when it started happening, you know, the building obviously was the way he recounts it. The building was shaking violently whatever. And he laid down in a corner in the stairwell, got knocked out. Um, Apparently he fell 18 floors. So he ended up, uh, about four stories high and he and when he came to he was laying on his back looked up and he could see the blue sky had no idea what had happened he reckons it was probably about three oh, hours later shit. yeah he reckons it was about three hours later that he that he came to and all he had was a broken ankle and some scratches
1: you know that's and then f- <laughs> and then
0: firefighter found him
1: the old man didn't want him upstairs though eh? The man upstairs didn't really want him. <laughs> and he he had at home,
0: he had at home a seven-month pregnant wife. And he went home to her that wow. night. And there's video footage of him arriving home that night. <laughs> Imagine shit. that. What an unbelievable story. <laughs> Fuck.
2: Jesus.
0: I'd never Jesus. heard Jesus. that until I saw that on 60 Minutes the other night.
1: Right, 18 stories. That's bloody. 18 hell, no. story
0: oh. four. He surfed it down while he was knocked out. But he was just obviously in the perfect pocket. Uh, who knows? Where the breed didn't pulverize him. And this is the other thing. Like he he got out fully intact. But other people never never a trace found of them.
1: That's that's unbelievable, eh? Hey? Well, some would have been in the explosion, so yeah. that'd have been vaporized. But also
0: imagine imagine that poor bugger and you know he was still pretty, you know, shaken up about it. 20 years later. The the survivor's remorse. You know what I mean? Like, why me of all these people? Why am I the one who who wasn't killed? That would be that would be hard to live with in a way.
1: But you'd have to change your life to do something pretty amazing. Well, that's the other you?
0: thing. He he said he also felt pressure that because he'd been given this second chance, he felt pressured that he had to do something special with it. Be yeah, a lot oh, of pressure, you, you know what I mean? Well, he's just, you know, lived his normal life. You know, he's raised two kids, and you, that's, that's good enough to me, if you ask me. Yeah. But
1: there's another documentary about the kids of 9 11. you seen that? Yeah, I've, that's Obviously. another one I've got downloaded and I haven't watched yeah, yet. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. And the were kids that were the partners were pregnant, pregnant, or, or I think some or
0: just, just born. born, so they don't, don't remember their, their parents or whatever that they lost.
1: I mean, it was 3,000 people or something, wasn't it? Or just under 2,000. Yeah, just under 3,000. 10 Australians, I think, died in that.
0: And the other thing is the other one we haven't mentioned is the one that landed in the field. Oh, yeah. I always used to wonder, where is all the debris from the plane in those images? Right. Where is it? But apparently, it's fucking, it went into the ground like a dart and it got buried like full speed. Imagine that full speed, pointing straight, pretty much straight at the ground. That's why you don't see a lot, much debris of the plane because it all went into a hole in an instant. Yeah. Imagine.
1: I saw
0: that and I read that on, on, on an FBI website or, or it was a former FBI guy who was at the scene and he was describing, he, he actually, that's right, he was talking on this podcast saying he went there to the scene and he was saying to everyone else, like, Where's, where are the plane parts? What's going on? You know, this doesn't make sense. And another guy who was like a, a forensic sort of expert or something said to him, "It's all see that hole there. It's all under there." And then, it, and then he said it started making sense. You know, once they realised the speed that it was going at, the the angle that it hit the ground at, and everything. Yeah. there's, there's right. no way it's going to stay on the surface. It yeah. made a crater, and it, and it, you know they had to excavate to to bring it out. So I don't know. I haven't seen footage of the excavation, but.
1: Wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that one. But, but yeah, i take my hat off to those guys who, yeah, good on them, mate. They took their chances. I mean, the guys had a box knife, you know what I mean? So,
0: Well, just think, what would you do in that situation? It's, you, you're going you're gonna to die anyway. You, probably they had heard of the, 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 on the plane, someone might have probably heard that the, the towers had been crushed into. So they would have known that they're next. The radio tower probably would have
1: told the pilots this is. Yeah, but the pilots were the terrorists. Remember, don't forget that. The pilots were the terrorists. Well, did not they take over the plane? Yeah, they they hijacked the plane. Yeah, yeah. so the the terrorists aren't going to go tell them. Oh, get the radio. You know what I'm saying? The yes, but the-
0: I don't think that the first thing that was that happened on that flight was that they rushed in and took a, and and hijacked. I think there was yeah. a a battle to get in. Yeah, I think that's what which happened. So so is- the pilots probably knew. I don't know. That would have been. Was,
1: um,
0: it's amazing when you see the radar, like footage of the radar of planes all over the USA, yeah. and they they kind of time lapse it, yeah. how they all just kind of scatter towards the major um, airports, yeah. like all it's at it's the Canada. same time. It's, yeah, they
1: went everywhere.
0: It's just like America is covered with planes in the skies, and they all just redirect in an instant, pretty much to the closest airport. It's that's incredible footage. There would have been thousands of planes in the sky. Oh, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. You don't realise, hey, how many are up and there? I think at, the only two time. planes that were up at the time were was Air Force One and the two two uh F-16 Hornets, whatever it was. It,
0: there's good I uh, I'll send it to you if you want, but there's this awesome two-part documentary called George W. Bush, right? It's about yeah. his presidency. And the first part starts off about nine eleven, obviously, because it was you know in the first yeah, year yeah, of, yeah. of his of his presidency and it's you know all about that day and they were shitting themselves right yeah. they didn't know where they where they should go they didn't want to go back to washington like all his yeah. stuff george bush yeah. wanted to go back to washington and he was demanding I want to go back I want to go back and they were all pre- all all saying no and preventing him from going no,
1: and he had to go
0: back to washington uh, he went he, the he got soon. there in the evening right yeah. but they spent all day pretty much flying around america
1: yeah they went to airbase to the airbase they went
0: they went to they went to a couple of different air bases, where they had the right technology to do the you know video conferences that they needed to do and stuff like that. But the way they that they took off um, from the runway in Air Force One, they reckon planes don't fly, don't take off at that angle. There was almost an upright takeoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible. Yeah, because they were shit scared of that they were be, that the president was being tracked and they didn't know what was coming if anything. So they were just like tailing it out of there you know every time that they took off it was yes
1: and then you had the two f-16s alongside it <laughs> as protection yeah, they
0: said that that's when they felt the most uh the most safe yeah those yeah. they're you know, interviewing like carl rove ari fleischer um you know all these guys of, of his of his the president's staff at the time right. and they reckon that the those f-16s were so close you could see the stubborn the stubble of the pilot's beard you know? <laughs> but they never felt, you know, better than, you know, when they when they saw them fly alongside. Yeah, <sighs> incredible, man. Incredible. Just an incredible series of events, all that, man. It's just I, – I get engrossed in it.
1: I still be interested in that one. I just find that uh, – I still remember that, that scene of him at the school is, is another iconic scene. You
0: know, yeah, I mean, and he copped a lot of stuff, a lot of crap, because when he was told that the second – plain hit right and he sits there for another 7 minutes before he before you know he finished up and he copped he copped a lot of flack from mainly from the democrats at the time but if you think about it it makes sense he didn't want to panic those kids he was on camera and he knew that all his staff were running around like like you know headless chickens to you know get information and all that kind of stuff right so at the end of the day, you're the president. You've got to be a figurehead. So I don't blame him for sitting there. What was he supposed to do? I mean, he's yeah, exactly. What was no, he supposed to do? On. Jump up. Sorry, you know, teacher. There's a
1: terrorist attack. I've got to go. Attack. There's been a terrorist attack? No. Imagine those poor kids. You know what I mean? Remember, they were only five or six,
0: you know. Well, the, one of them was interviewed in, in this uh, documentary as well. Yeah, and that was interesting because I've always wondered what happened to those kids in that. You know, you've never ever seen anything. In the in Florida. About he was them. in Florida, wasn't he? He was, I'm he was in sure Florida. it? I'm pretty sure in Florida, yeah. And I was watching it I was watching it with my wife, and I was just saying I just finished saying to her, I wonder what happened to those kids. How come we've never seen them? And then they cut to the next scene, interviewing one of these kids. I'm like, Oh fuck, there we go. Just one, yeah. Anyway. All right. Time to wrap it up, eh? Yeah, that's it, Matt.
1: Always good chat.
0: All right. We'll have to
1: do this more fun. often. <laughs> if we could slot into our schedules yes yeah. absolutely alright mate
3: have, have a good you one bye ciao ciao Joseph Pfeiffer didn't just answer the call that day I want some Manhattan. he also made the call we just had a While on another routine run in lower Manhattan, Pfeiffer literally heard the sound of disaster coming.
4: I heard this loud noise of a plane coming overhead. And then I watched this plane flying at a low altitude race past us.
3: The moment captured by a film crew that had been following Pfeiffer that day later featured in a documentary.
4: Plane's going this way. Going along the, uh, the Hudson River at a very, very fast speed. And so low I could read on the fuselage the word American. And then I saw the plane
3: aim and crash into the World Trade Center. Pfeiffer, an FDNY battalion chief at the time, was likely closest and initially in charge. It looked like the
4: plane was aiming towards the building, transmit a third alarm. I remember having to slow my thinking down a little bit and create a,
3: a deliberate calm you immediately sent your firefighters into the north tower did you know what you were sending them into i knew
4: that we had multiple floors on fire and i knew that
3: thousands of people were were trapped he made critical decisions ordering the south tower evacuated before it was hit likely saving countless lives Among the firefighters who raced into the North Tower was his younger brother and fellow firefighter, Kevin. My brother, as he came in, we were able to look at each other and wondered if we were both going to be okay. And later, as the conditions grew worse, Chief Pfeiffer issued this ominous order. And I got on the radio
4: and said, command to all units in Tower One, evacuate the building.
3: You were... Asking firefighters to leave a burning building, full knowledge that there were people that you couldn't reach.
4: Perhaps the first time in history that a fire chief ordered the evacuation of our firefighters
3: with a 1,000 people in the building. In his book, Ordinary Heroes, Pfeiffer doesn't describe supermen rushing into the burning tower, but in fact, ordinary mortal men. I look at my hero firefighters
4: And I think they would say the same thing, that day we did ordinary things, but in an extraordinary
3: time in history. Including his brother. Kevin Feiber.
4: He's my brother. With his engine company, we lost the entire engine
3: company that day. As we walk along here, you see all these names. These are the people we lost that day. How much do you think about the people that you and your firefighters saved that day? That day, we saved 20,000 people
4: and I think that's what we have to remember.